This is the Tornado Trackers Podcast. The Tornado Trackers are storm chasers Jeremy Heyman, Jeff Mangum, and me, Gabe Cox. Hey, I'm Jeremy. Oh, we need more energy than that. More? We're coming back strong. We're coming back strong. <laughs> that, that wasn't, that felt strong. No. Oh. We take. We're going to take it. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm Jeremy. I'm Gabe. And I'm Jeff. And this is the Tornado Trackers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today or whatever day it is, wherever you are right now. And if you've been listening along in real time with us, uh, you may have noticed that we've had a little bit of an absence. Uh, a lot of you have wrote us, written us, um, and we really appreciate those emails. Um, it, it, it really helps us to know that uh, y'all like what we're doing and appreciate it. And um, But we've we've had some um, different things in our lives uh, kind of get in the way of easily uh, podcast recording. Um, and so we thought we'd just chat a little bit about that today. Um, we love or have loved getting to share our lives with all of y'all out there. And so, yeah, we just, we want to give a little, give a little update. And if you're not listening in real time, uh, I promise you there'll be some uh, storm chase talk as well in this podcast. <laughs> you may want to fast forward, do, do whatever you need to do. Uh, but yeah, uh, up top, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about where we've been and then we'll talk about a couple recent central Texas tornado chases that Gabe and Jeff were on that were pretty, pretty wild rides so fellas uh gabe if you want to kick us off uh where what has life been like for you over the last few months yeah well first of all i just want to say it feels really good to be back behind this mic again it's been way too long and i've missed this a lot um so glad to be back with you fellas this feels good yeah samesies <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i've had um Man, just a crazy, uh, really all of winter. <laughs> that's that's why we have had zero podcast episodes throughout the winter. Um, lots of things going on. Uh, the big thing was, and um, I only feel like it's fair to share this because we've had so many people reaching out and people genuinely concerned about us, um, which has meant a lot. Um, and also because we've had our, our own guests open up about really personal things and so I feel like uh, I owe the podcast world the same. It was a really tough winter. Um, I lost my oldest sister to breast cancer this past winter. And um, it was really the months leading up to it that I told the guys, I was like, hey, I got I to gotta step back. I got to take some time. My mind's really not in it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really difficult time. My family's all in Maine and I live in Texas. So it was even more hard to be far away. Um, but I was able, able to make some flights to Maine. Um, was able to visit with my sister before she passed away and really had some really special and sweet time with her and with my family. It was really overall a really beautifully tragic thing. Um, just to see the way that my family came together and community rallied around us and even people in the storm chasing world, um, people who I've never even met calling me and checking in, leaving me voicemails and text messages. Um, so felt a lot of love this past, uh, winter, um, a lot of heartache, but, um, it's time to move forward with the podcast. I felt like, um, and honestly, it's what my sister would want. She was 
one of our biggest fans. She listened to all our episodes. So it feels, it feels right to continue on with it and to um, keep pressing on in this crazy storm chasing journey. Cause she was one of my biggest cheerleaders. Hmm. So yeah. yeah so that's what's uh, been going on with me. And it's, I know it's a super downer at the beginning of the show, but um, that's uh, that was life for me in the past several months. And yeah. um, Jeff and Jeremy were so great. You guys were so great about being supportive when I first reached out and said, Hey, I think I need to step back. You guys had zero hesitation, encouraged me and kept checking in. And, um, so I appreciate you guys through all of that. Yeah. Well, we, we love you to death, man. And just, I I think just hearing, I don't know, just a little bit about your sister. What, what did she mean to you early on in your kind of desire to, to, to think and dream about storm chasing and just adventure in general. Yeah. I mean, she, she played a really pivotal role actually, um, in high school for my 16th birthday, she (laughs) stole me away from my computer screen and brought me to Mount Washington in New Hampshire to hike up and down. And, um, I hadn't done anything like that before. I had done some camping, grew up in Maine, um, had done some camping, but I'd never hiked Mount Washington before. And it's a, it's a sizable mountain. And it was one of the best trips I've ever taken. I mean, it was just one of the best memories I have of her and her husband and I climbing up this mountain. And really, I think that kind of awakened my passion for nature. I was obsessed with the sky already, but this kind of swung open the door on my passion for nature and just appreciating the beauty around me. And she just, as an older sister who wanted to shake things up a little bit in my life, she, she really taught me to adventure well. So that definitely was a lesson I took with me into storm chasing. And she was always rooting me on in this crazy journey into an unorthodox, uh, career. She was, uh, a big fan of mine and, um, definitely will miss her tons, but carrying on those memories. Mm-hmm. I love I love that because um, I think one of the things that we all kind of connect with in this storm chasing, storm loving, storm uh, intrigued kind of world that we're recording podcasts for, and we I know we have a lot of people listening who have never seen a tornado and they don't love going out to see storms, but they're intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. But but for those who do, it, there's always that one person at least. That kind of just fo- fosters um, that passion and, and lights the fire all the more. And I think we're just desperate for that. I think that's some of the reason we do the podcast is because we're like burning each other's fires uh, across the globe. Those who are like interested yeah. in science and interested in how the world works and how weather works. And so <clears throat> I just love that your sister was so prominent for you in that. And, and I know that over time, um, your family has become not the word is not supportive because they are clearly supportive, but uh, it's been really cool to watch how when we're on storm chases, uh, your mom or your dad or mm-hmm. someone will call and say, please check in with so-and-so because they're curious how you're doing. <laughs> and I just, I just find that so wonderful that we have people that rally us and come across, come around us. And yeah. And your sister so was one of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my whole family really. So yeah, I've had an amazing support system Mm -hmm. and you're right. It's, it's so important for all of us to have that, um, to have those people. So, and 
I feel like we get to do that for each other. That's why mm-hmm. I love this podcast. I agree. Yeah. Same, man. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I would imagine, you know, there's people out there listening who, you know, have their own stories of grief and um, who, who can relate maybe not to the exact details, but to, you know, the, the general, the general nature of it, because the last few years have been, yeah, <laughs> filled with grief for a lot of folks. So, yeah, um, for sure. So if you're listening, we're with you. Um, we're not with you physically, but, but our hearts go out to you. Um, if you, if you're experiencing, um, grief right now, it, it, I know grief can stick with people for quite a long time. So even if you didn't have anything, in the near term, if it happened a while ago, that those things stay with us. So um, glad to be with y'all today. So Jeff, how, how have you been, man? I know you've, you've had some, uh, some interesting stuff over the last few months. How, how are you doing, man? Where, where have you been? Yeah, overall doing really well, but you're right. There was something really unique about that November, December, January timeframe for us. There was a lot of, uh, obviously we're, we're, walking alongside uh, Gabe and um, everything that was going on there. And um, I, I would say <clears throat> I've got, I've got three kids at, at this point of this podcast. I've got a 16 year old daughter, almost 12 year old son and a, almost 11 uh, year old daughter. So there's just a lot of different things going on now. It's, it's different. Like when they're four or five or six, you you know how to manage the schedules, but now it's, it's just a free for all, man. We got five people in this home <laughs> and it is just uh, to get a calendar together is, is a joke. But um, in, in early January, I end up getting COVID and I know that looks and sounds different for everybody. There's so many people that I'm jealous of where they got COVID and they were like, it was like a small cold and, you know, or allergies. That wasn't the case for me at all. Um, I remember one afternoon I was at work and I could just feel, I could just feel the fever coming, you know, you know, that feeling when, when you know, the sickness is coming, if you have the flu or whatever, and you just know, there's no denying it. There's nothing you can justify. You've used all your positive energy (laughs) and it's gone (laughs) and you know, man, I'm screwed. (laughs) And, uh, uh, I did, I, I, I came home, it was mid January. I came home and to my temperature, I was at 101, and I just immediately at this point, you know, especially uh, a few months ago, it was oh, I bet it's COVID. So, so uh, it got worse. It just got worse next two days, and went to the doctor. Sure enough, I had COVID. My daughter had COVID. My son ended up getting COVID. My my oldest daughter got COVID before us. So if one goes down, the whole family goes down. But man, I'll, I'll tell you. It, it did a it did a number on me because I was in bed for almost eleven straight days, Oof. so so that fever of one hundred two, one hundred three, did not let go of me until like day seven or eight, hmm. and uh, and the cough. It's really interesting. Here here we are, and at the time of this podcast, I know we don't always like to date that, but the time of this podcast is is in mid to late April, and I still have this crazy cough that I'm like, am I ever going to get rid of it? And it just, it it gave me a sense of uh, empathy for so many folks who've gone through this. And I, here I am, you know, I'm a 45 year old man who's relatively healthy. I work out sometimes (laughs) (laughs) enough to say I work out. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty healthy, but man, it just knocked me down and, 
And I, if anyone's listening, like people know when you get sick for a few days, it messes with your head. When you're in bed for a week and then two weeks, hmm. you start questioning literally everything about why you are who you are. If you're going to be a good person, <laughs> are you a good person? What's wrong with me? What is life? Uh, you start, it's just amazing the things you start questioning and, um, and doubting and, and storms weren't even on the horizon on, in, in my head at the time. It was just getting healthy. So, um, sure enough, I did come out of it, um, thankfully and came very close to where I had a, a doctor's appointment where they were going to put me into the hospital and start doing some stuff for my chest because I wasn't recovering, but man, finally recovered and came out of it. So um, not the end of the world, but it was certainly right in the middle of the season where we were all just juggling some of the worst things for Gabe, uh, some some difficult things in my life, and then and then for Jeremy, just working through working through life. Like we're just it, it was an interesting season for us, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot. Um, I remember being Jeremy and I were both concerned for you once we saw that you weren't <laughs> responding to any of our weather texts. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah. oh man, this is serious. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people need, they need to understand that. <laughs> we text at some point hundreds of texts a day. <laughs> like that is legitimate because it is whether it's, it's caring about each other, but weather related radar, you know, imagery. And I didn't respond for, for a few days. And I, that's, that's a sure sign. Yeah. Something's going really. wrong. <laughs> Jeff's in a bad place right now. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I felt like we were bugging you, dude. Just like we wanted to get updates and you were obviously, you know, so maybe we were bugging you, you know. Um, I was asleep for like five days. Yeah. We wanted to know. Yeah. Is, has the, was the fever still there? Had it broken yet? But hey, man, doing well now. We kind of come out of it. And I think we're all in this place where mm. the spring is here and it's, yeah. it's, it's a different season. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, my life has been fairly typical, um, here in Colorado, there's been, it, it is, it's hard being away from y'all when y'all are hurting. And, um, we got to see each other a few weeks ago, uh, when we came down to Austin for yeah. a few days, which was really, uh, wonderful, but, that was crazy. um, it's not at the same degree of suffering that y'all were going through, but it is hard to be a friend, um, of, people who are in pain. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of mental and emotional energy thinking about you guys and, um, but yeah, Colorado, I mean, Colorado has been funky over the last few months. We've had a lot of fires here in the front range, nothing that's yeah. affected our family directly, but, uh, some coworkers and, uh, we actually had a, it was like a 50 acre fire, like four or five miles from my house yesterday. Um, Oof. which just, it, it's just, Again, I'm not directly affected, but um, there's just some just some worrying and things like that. The front range is definitely transforming. Um, yeah, in that regard. But but otherwise, man, uh, yeah, I, I I'm just so grateful to have you two, and it's just hard not to be around you guys <laughs> for for a long long time. So um, it was really lovely seeing you too, and we we grabbed some tacos and, and hung out. And I think it was the first time we'd all been in the same. Space physically since like what was it 20 2018 18 yeah and that we're recording this in 20, <laughs> 2022 right now so yeah. how crazy is that, that like to four really stop years. and think about that yeah, yeah. it sucks <laughs> it, sucks. <laughs> it does it does hey look text message threads are only so good right yeah 
Yeah, totally. Totally. Pod, so. pod, people ask about our podcast. And I think uh, I tell people our podcasts are a way for the three of us to hang out and see each other visually yeah. on our, t- on our computer screens and, and, uh, you know, spend time just encouraging each other and reliving stories. And then the rest of it is just letting people listen in. So exactly. It's secondary. Yeah. yeah. Secondary that you guys get to listen. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, without a doubt. Well, we don't care about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. <laughs> no, I, I, I also, uh, we've actually gotten a, an influx. I don't, I don't know if our podcast got some promotion or something, but we had an influx of people writing in the past week, checking mm. in like, Hey, uh, <laughs> I noticed you haven't released anything since November. <laughs> Is there going to be more? And we actually had, um, Caden, 11-year-old Caden, right hey, in. He Kaden. had, he had written up, in uh, a little while ago to say hey, and uh, he checked in this week just to make sure uh, we were going to be doing more podcast episodes because he said he's starting to re-listen to everything. So, <laughs> here you go, Caden. Here's your new episode, and we're so stoked that you're listening to us. This one's Can I tell you, you how cool that is? Like, I-, I was telling you guys earlier, my son is 11, he's about to be 12. That would be like him emailing his favorite, I don't know, YouTubers and, and <laughs> he would just lose his mind if they had a response. And the fact that we have, there's 11 year old Caden so thankful that he's listening and you're listening, man. And, um, man, thanks so much for the encouraging words, bro. For real. For real. That's awesome. I, I can't, I'm trying to think what, I, what, when I was 11, like, what did I like? I, I can't, I don't even know what I liked or I, I but I wouldn't have had the guts to like, write somebody or like <laughs> or email somebody uh so that's pretty awesome Caden. thanks for thanks for doing that uh keep keep that initiative up because people you know will respond so this is proof right now so yeah we we're back and let's talk some storms uh yes. fellas uh central texas has had quite Ooh. the early spring so every single year, there's this cycle coming out of winter where uh, weather people on Twitter and the news, they start to kind of put out their forecasts or their long-term, long-range forecasts of what they believe the season will be like. And I think about that a lot in terms of, you know, I, I appreciate the effort and it's it's interesting to always read that, but it, it never seems to to hit you know and so it's always unexpected uh we don't know what's gonna happen calling you guys out (laughs) i mean i mean you know long-term forecasting is is what it is thank you with a grain of salt but i don't think i mean anyone saw what what has happened in the last month or so in central texas um two pretty wild events that y'all were on the front lines uh, of capturing amazing footage. Um, Jeff, uh, Jeff and Gabe, you guys were both together in the car for one of these events. You're in separate cars for the other, but both times, you know, streaming live uh, video to local news, which was really incredible. Um, but yeah, fellas, like let's dive into the Granger Round Rock tornado on March 21st. What was that setup like and how did y'all feel about the day and how'd you get ready for that? Yeah, we saw this one coming from probably about a week away. It's, we started seeing signs that something big was coming. Um, and sure enough, leading up to it, it just, it, it remained big in the forecast. And, um, I remember I was actually just looking at some screenshots I have on my computer about the, the day of showing the tornado forecast that morning and I don't know about you, Jeff, but I was freaking out. 
mainly yes. be- because it included my family. So this is uh, central Texas does get tornadoes um, more frequently than a lot of places in the U S but not as frequent as North Texas or the places that you consider quote unquote tornado alley. But yeah, there was a pretty significant tornado risk this day. Uh, one of the highest that had been here in a long time. And uh, it's a little strange as a storm chaser when you're getting ready to, to go storm chasing, but you're just hanging out at your house because your house is the target area. It's uh, yes. <laughs> not not a usual feeling for our team because we're so uh, deep into central Texas. I know that that's pretty commonplace probably for people, storm chasers up in Norman and all those places a little further north, but it was different for us. Um, luckily here, our neighbor has a, a storm cellar. Uh, so that was good to know that that was right across the street, but yeah, just a, a very different vibe all around on this one. Yeah, it really was. And I think one of the things that was unique was this was one of the first times, um, I don't know if it was the first time, but, uh, one of the first times, maybe the first time that together we were streaming for a local news, uh, affiliate. And so yep. there's, there's a, there was a lot going on that day where we're thinking about our family. Uh, it was a moderate risk. It, it was, it was, it was looking really spicy. Uh, the models were saying that there were going to be supercells coming through right where we live. So we're thinking about families, thinking about our homes, thinking about our friends. And I think one of the things that, that people may not always know is that when you love severe weather and you storm chase every human you've ever, ever met Texts you and calls you for the for, for advice. Yes, and and typically our response is, "Hey, can you just uh, can you just watch the news? <laughs> is I that mean, a possibility?" I, I wasn't even chasing with you guys, and people in Central Texas were texting me, and and so it was, it was hilarious. Yeah, it's it's it, it was it's one of those things where you're juggling a lot, but you're also coming to a place where when you start to storm chase you have to like just let a lot of those texts go away. Unfortunately, like you just can't, you yeah. can only juggle so much. And, right. and, uh, and that day ended up being quite the day. Yeah. Yeah. It, no joke. So I remember the, the forecasts um, kind of had like a, what we call like a string of pearls in terms of supercells. So um, think of just a line, a, a singular line mm-hmm. where there would be little dots on the line and those dots on down the line, um, each would be supercells. This is not a visual medium, and I think I did a, an okay job at it. <laughs> I, I applaud you. Yeah, I did. A, I think I did a really good job there. Um, <laughs> so that was the forecast, and and whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, the conditions will need to be like really spot on for that to kind of yes to to verify because that's a that's a tricky place you storms can start to merge together they become less discreet thus you know less likely to produce a kind of textbook uh tornadic activity so um gabe you looking at the forecast you mentioned a little bit that it was you know in in you know geographically close to home but also kind of pumped up just for just to get a little technical for a bit because i know some people like that like what were some of the the technicals that you were seeing that were making your eyes pop uh so there's lots of different parameters that you can look at lots of different tools and the forecast models um, when you're looking for specifics on a chase day Um, and one of the things that we like to use as a tool is called the updraft helicity tracks or uh tracks 
And it's one of those things that you can't take as like the hard truth, like, oh, it shows a track here. Oh, let me backtrack a little bit. So what a, a, an updraft helicity track is, is it's showing uh, the path of a rotating thunderstorm where you have deep rotation in a thunderstorm, which doesn't always mean tornadoes. It can just mean a big hailstorm, but uh, rotation, deep rotation in a thunderstorm, and it shows the track that that thunderstorm takes through these UH tracks. Um, but obviously, when you're looking for tornadic activity, you want a rotating thunderstorm. Um, and so that can often be an indicator of where the forecast models are showing where they think that the best chances of rotating thunderstorms will be. Um, again, you can't take it as hard truth. It uh, oftentimes between model runs, you're talking about um, every hour when you get closer to an event, every hour there's a new forecast run. A lot of times those tracks can flip flop all over the place. But what caught my attention was that this particular model was showing this track right through the county that I live in every single run starting from the night before and all through the next day leading up to the moment we got into our car. And that is remarkably um, consistent for a forecast model. And that was a bit of a red flag for me showing like this, like this forecast model is like intent on bringing this rotating thunderstorm right through our County. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. That's Williamson County uh, is the county that I live in. And that is where Jeff and I intercepted uh, a tornado that day and yeah. it ended up being a very rare long track tornado for this part of the country. It was on the ground for 30, over 35 miles, yep. I wow. believe. 35 wow. miles. Yeah, it went from the National Weather Service San Antonio forecast area into the Dallas-Fort Worth forecast area. So when you're actually looking up track information from the two offices, National Weather Service San Antonio has part of it, and then you have to go to the National Weather Service Fort Worth to get the other part of it. So it's somewhere, it's over 35 miles long, but hmm. extremely unusual for this part of the country. Yeah. Wow. And what was really interesting about those those tracks that we kept looking at was, um, you know, we've talked a lot about this before, about kind of how we handle storm chasing when it comes to metropolitan areas. And in Northern Austin, Round Rock, I don't know if you can classify it metropolitan. It's it's close enough. It's a, yeah. it's a highly populated, concentrated area uh, with people. So, um, and there's major highways. I thirty five runs right through it, you know, north south. And we had a lot of a lot of folks asking if we we're going to go to the Round Rock area near I thirty five, and and we're like, man, no, we 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 don't want to do that. We don't want to get caught yeah. in traffic. We don't get caught in if a tornado did come into that area, that would be just a horrible place for us to be stuck in. So just kind of our mindset was uh, when you go a little bit to the East, it's, it's, it's farmlands by and large. I mean, it's a rural area. So there's plenty of houses, but they're not concentrated. Right. Um, and the density is not the same, obviously. And so we, we went about to, to a town near Granger, uh, which was about give or take ten miles, um, maybe maybe a little bit less, a little, little more, uh, to the east northeast of uh, Round Rock, which is North Austin, and uh, we wanted to be able to see this tornado come our way with farmland. We we want to have good visuals. We don't want to be stuck 
in the midst of a bunch of traffic and so five o'clock traffic, much less. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. and so that's, that's actually, it's interesting that like one of those times where you put a plan in place and the plan paid off. And so I remember the news affiliate that we were uh, storm chasing for, they caught this tornado land right across I-35 and Round Rock, just a very mm -hmm. dangerous area on live TV. And we're doing the best we can to like track information, getting information from the meteorologist, trying to get information from Twitter. And we see this thing on this traffic cam and realize, okay, the day has started. This is real. Yeah. Let's talk about that moment though, because we were actually, we were trying to navigate between the storms to the south on the string of pearls that Jeremy talked about. There were storms to the south that looked really great on radar. The storms in the middle that looked kind of messy. And then the yeah. storms to the north that were actually had just gone tornado warned. And so yeah. we're kind of eyeing the middle right now at this point. And I was leaning heavily towards going south because it just looked really great. And we we're actually driving south. Um, and as we're driving south, Je Jeff looks to the middle of this line of storms and we can see the Round Rock storm uh, way off in the distance. But Jeff catches a, a view of the base and it actually is looking good visually hmm. on radar. It looks awful. Um, and so he convinced me to to slow down our, <laughs> our Southern drive. And so I pull off and we pulled up on this hill overlooking, you know, round rock off in the distance. I, I think it was probably like eight to 10 miles away. Yeah. But definitely a clear view of the base of the storm at that distance. And sure enough, a really great base of the storm, the, the region that's the updraft of the storm. And that's where you would see a tornado. Uh, it was kind of starting to get a bit of rain, wrapped around the backside of it. So it was blocking our view a little bit. Um, but Jeff, because we were live streaming for the news, had a, a stream of the broadcast going and they caught on a webcam, uh, on, a, on a traffic cam, the beginning of the tornado before it even went tornado warned. Mm -hmm. And this is not a knock on the National Weather Service because what happened was you, you have a, a Doppler radar and inside you know you've probably seen pictures of it it looks like a giant golf ball on on top of sticks and inside of that there's the radar that's rotating 360 degrees and just going around in a circle over and over and over but it takes time for that one 360 degree circle to be completed in that time in between radar scans this storm went crazy and that's when it dropped it immediately dropped a tornado um didn't give the National Weather Service time to warn it. Luckily, this news station, and we're gonna we're gonna name them KXAN. You guys did awesome, amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. They uh, they caught it on a traffic cam before it was warned. Got the warning out to everyone that was watching, um, and got the warning out to us because we were trying to figure out which storm to go after. And mm -hmm. as soon as we heard that, we got back on the main road, did a quick U-turn and blasted to intercept this thing and it ended up being one of the craziest intercepts we've ever had. Okay. We got a confirmed tornado. Let me see. Like, Ron Rock. Switcher. Ron Rock. Move out of the way. Look to the right, right. Tornado on the ground right now Moving in Round Rock. Moving over I-35. And 45. Okay. 35 meets 45 tall. This is live from Round Rock on our Whittlesea camera. We have a confirmed tornado the on the ground. Take down the banner, please. Moving across I-35. 
This is evening rush hour traffic. There are people on those flyovers. There are people on the interstate below. You can see a lot of brake lights as they see what we're seeing. Let's not move off this camera. There's flying debris on the 45 flyover in Round Rock. It's just incredible. The 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 kind of the synthesis of like the information that y'all were intaking and that, and that it really does take to inform a population, right? It takes, yeah. I mean, traffic cams, uh, on-air meteorologists, it takes storm chasers on the ground. It takes, you know, even just like tweets, like even yeah. though, you know, you need to sift them for accuracy. Mm-hmm. And, but and radar National Weather Service was yeah. going crazy. I mean, they, they everything blew up all at once. And, and like Jeff mentioned, this was that rush hour. So you have a, a tornado dropping on a major interstate, a major interstate intersection. There were <laughs> there were two interstates that intersected and it went right over that. Yeah, it's a flyover. And, it's like a double yeah. flyover. So it's we're talking about a significant yeah. situation. At rush hour. Gnarly. Gnarly. Crazy. Gnarly. Wow. Okay. So talk to me a little bit more about, because, you know, I I know there's been the desire in our storm chasing group to stream and some people do it, you know, really well and have done it really well over the years, but this being kind of a new experience and Jeff, you, you, you holding, you know, the, the streaming camera, um, and trying to get in the right position and, and, and get good footage and respond to the, you know, the meteorologist in your ear. Um, what was that like for you? Yeah, I would say that was it was it was complicated <laughs> uh, at first because uh, the meteorologists were amazing. It was super clear, um, thankful for any shots we could get. And I think what happened was there we are about at this point, like Gabe said, six, seven, eight miles away from where this tornado was on the ground. And uh, from our visual, the wall cloud was massive, mm-hmm. and it was really hard to figure out: is that the whole wall? Is that the wall cloud, or is that the tornado? Is like trying to make sense of a lot of things. And um, and so I have this uh, this iPhone that is the streaming device for the, this news affiliate for KXAN, and and I <laughs> I reach over. I I got to laugh at this because. My hands are shaking a little bit because you have to understand we're used to videoing tornadoes. So we're used to like having our cameras, videoing things, pulling our video together. And that's what we put on YouTube. This was different because I'm trying my best to like zoom in on this camera and show what I believe is the tornado. And and as I zoom in, every little movement to my left matters a lot. <laughs> and so so I'm in the I'm in the the passenger seat. Um, Gabe is driving and, uh, three or four times, I'm just going to leave it at that. It could have been more. <laughs> I, I moved that camera just a little bit over to where it's like a, it's a, a close up view of Gabe's mustache. It was, it was a beautiful mustache silhouette. <laughs> tornado with a, situation. With a tornado in the background. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a, a mustache with a tornado in the background? <laughs> well, we have. And, um, I kept seeing that I was like, oh my gosh, I would look up at, at the camera. Cause I'm also looking at my own camera, trying to try to get some shots the best I can. And then I just gave up on the whole situation. I, I started giving my full attention to the live stream, but I kept looking up and seeing Gabe's face. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. KXAN that the whole, all the viewership, thousands of viewers are looking at a close up mustache. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, but we did, uh, we, we, we captured that and that thing, 
I got to say, man, we positioned ourselves in a place that was really fortunate in terms of storm chasing because that tornado was coming directly at us. We're making our turn to go north, and then we're going to face it here. It looks like it's either... Oh, oh my gosh. It's got to be on the ground. That's a large tornado, Dave. Yeah, we've got a confirmed tornado uh, on the ground over Hutto, uh, heading near Taylor, moving at northeast of 45 miles per hour. Jeff, keep going. Large tornado on the ground. Is that, that it that we're looking at right there? That's it. That's it. It's, it's trying to condense fully, but it's been, it's been on the ground off and on the entire time. Okay, and we're dealing with a little bit of a reception issue. We got your video back now. Jeff Mangum and his crew with Tornado Trackers on Twitter. They're uh, local residents. They are always in the right place at the right time to see the weather as it rolls through. Um, I mean, I'm looking at an image of it right now from y'all's footage and it is a it is a monster um and y'all are in this there's this position where you've got like the white clouds behind like the white gray clouds behind the tornado and in front is just the darkness of the supercell and it's just this really gorgeous scary ominous awe-inspiring image and y'all were right there not only capturing beautiful 4k but streaming uh, to, I don't know, I, I mean, millions of people. I, I don't know the exact yes. numbers of who, who were watching, but um, incredible stuff, incredible, incredible stuff. And we'll post uh, that YouTube link in our show notes as always, um, because you want to check it out. It's a two minute 40 uh, video. You don't have any excuse not to watch it. <laughs> That's right. It's amazing. And, and, uh, I mean, I was just like in awe of, of watching you guys, be in the right place, um, alert the public. Um, it was just, it was just beautiful storm chasing, just really amazing work on you guys, your guys's part. So well done. There, there was one error though. <laughs> so oh, okay. in, in getting into position to be able to film what we did, as Jeff mentioned, it was coming right towards us. It's not always the best place to be. Um, my intention as the driver was to get to just south of where it was going to go across the road in front of us. And so I'm, I'm watching the radar very closely and analyzing it um, and where we are in relation to the storm and the rotation. Uh, but also because we have a visual now checking out the tornado myself. And there was a moment where the radar was telling me that we needed to go further North. And I was looking out my window and I was like, no, nah, it looks like it's, it looks like we've gone too far north. And what I didn't understand was that I was looking at outdated radar imagery because the radar had just gone out. Um, and the, the radar site that went out is notorious for going out. If it <laughs> hears that there's rain in the forecast, it will go out, Goes out. Um, every time. And I'm sure there are storm chasers listening who know exactly which radar site I'm talking about. <laughs> should, but, we call, uh, should we call it out? Which, which site is it? <laughs> It is, it is KGRK. Yeah. Oh, KGRK. <laughs> so it went out and I should have expected it to, but uh, in the chaos of the moment, I didn't realize that, you know, five minutes of lost radar data may, makes a big difference. Um, and so uh, luckily I knew enough vi looking at it visually, I could read the sky well enough to know like, oh shoot, I need to stop. I think we've gone too far. And so I just put my phone away at that point. It was just let's chase this by eyesight 
Um, and sure enough, it was coming right for us. And so there was a moment where I knew we had time to watch it come at us a little bit just to make sure we knew which direction it was going to cross the road and we figured it out. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. We're going to scoot up to it, okay? okay. Let's hop in. We're going to go. We're going to go. This is large. It's a very, very large tornado. Wow. Holy cow. That's when everyone, there were there was one other storm chaser right by us, Aaron Jajak. Uh, guy's a beast. He's a great storm chaser. Mm-hmm. He had a 360 video going on top of his car. So, you so guys good, should check man. that out too. It's, so good. it's yeah. really great. And That's... you can actually turn the camera around and see us in uh, black Subaru. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely that. check out. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll put a, a, put a link to it. Aaron Jajak's footage. It's great. Um, he takes off and I was about to pull out right behind him, but there's this car coming down the road and they slowed way down as they got closer to us because I think they didn't realize which way the tornado was going to go. Uh, and it's, I know people give folks a hard time who get caught in tornadoes or like, how could you be driving through this? It's really chaotic. Um, you don't, it, you have a whole scene, chaotic scene going on all around you. It's not, most people are watching videos where it's a very, you know, you get a sliver of reality of someone's reality watching a video, but there's a whole 360 degree scene of chaos going on. And this car didn't know where to go. And it was preventing us from getting on the road and blasting South like we needed to. Finally, they kind of stopped and I just pulled out in front of them. And I was hoping like, come on guys, you got to follow us. We're gonna drive south. Watch out, watch out. Yes, I can. We are caught in some rain. We're about to go south for a bit to get out of the rain. Wait, this, this is a significant to tornado. Film it, film it. Holy crap. Holy crap. I hope that car made it out. And they did. Um, but we had we had probably 20 seconds to spare to get out of there, which, you know, you count 20 seconds. That goes by pretty quick. Yeah, that's not uh, much, man. It's, it's not much. It's not much. Um, it wasn't like we were just about to be overtaken, which I know people are saying like 20 seconds. Yeah, you were about to be overtaken. We had time, plenty of time to get south and turn around. And as soon as we turn around roll down the window and you see the clip in in our footage roll down the window and there it is and at that moment that we were blasting south and turned around the tornado grew in intensity and in size yeah um it became fully condensed it grew in size grew in strength and there was a huge uh we've talked about in previous episodes rear flank downdraft um and winds that come around the backside of a storm and will wrap up into a tornado if there is one there um huge rfd surge came wrapping around and we were getting blasted by 80 to 90 mile an hour winds um and actually if you and, and watch lawn chairs and, and lawn chairs <laughs> actually if you watch aaron j jack's 360 video you can see that we pull into the a driveway of of a business and the business that we're parked right next to is having shingles getting sucked off and we're not in the tornadic circulation this is just 
thunderstorm winds wrapping around the storm, uh, but they are getting fed back into the tornado. Mm. And so we had 80, 90 mile an hour winds where we were. Jeff and I were screaming because the tornado was right there. It was really loud. There's that waterfall rushing sound. And the whole time, Jeff's able to live stream this on KXAN. Oh, it's right there. It's, a... it's right beside us. Listen to it. You can hear the tornado. Large wedge tornado crossing the road. Debris in the air. Debris in the air. It is right in front of us. It's not going to hit us. It's moving to our north, but it's crossing the road. Oh my god. I hope all these cars are safe. I'm going to roll the window up. Hold on, everybody. It's right here. It's right there. We're gonna get our window blown out. Watch for glass. All right, it's passing over the road right in front of us. Um, we're in the RFD, the rear front point downdraft. The backside winds are significant. Uh, we're gonna chase it. That is a large, behind, large tornado. Unbelievable, very large wedge tornado. I think it's the first time that, that was the first time we've been able to live stream anything to them. Yes. And one of the craziest tornado intercepts we've ever had because mm. we were only a hundred yards away from this massive tornado and not far from home. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was a whole, a whole thing. There was a whole package of emotions <laughs> that went into it because what we didn't mention is during that chase, I had my wife calling me saying like, do I need to take cover? And I would check the radar and be like, no, you're fine. It's, it's going to go south of where we live. Um, reassuring Jeff's family that they were fine. Uh, we actually had a friend with us in the car and it went just north of his house. And we had to tell, like he was able to tell his family we're all fine. Like, but it was kind of threading the needle there for a little bit. It felt like, um, with our it's friends true. and, and mm -hmm. family. It's true because uh, where you and I live, we live about, uh, and I'm going to get this, I won't get this exactly right, but I would say 17 miles apart, 18 miles apart, something like mm -hmm. that when it comes to yeah. actual uh, distance and, and round rock is splitting, splitting in between us. Yep. So for that tornado to do that, it was, it was threading the needle between our two homes yeah. You know, and and I think that's what was so so interesting. Something I want to point out is is um you know, there's there's a lot of tornado videos from from folks us and many others where we do the best we can not to scream and not to yell. Like <laughs> we and when I say we do the best we can, we can't promise that we won't. Um but there's there's many people who like to make comments about Storm chasers yelling or screaming. But I'll tell you this, when your window is down and you're a hundred yards away from a tornado, <laughs> you cannot hear yourself think. Yeah. And, and uh, my wife even made a comment going, uh, hey, it sounded like you were really intense. I'm like, I was in a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> they are loud. It's like, I think people think it's like uh, you're in some office building documenting a tornado. I was like, no, <laughs> winds are super loud, man. Yeah. So, well, also with the RFD winds, I thought for sure our, our, the back window of my car was going to get blown out. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I was trying to communicate to our friend in the back seat, but also to Jeff while we're streaming, like just get ready for glass to blow in on us. Um, and we almost did have the window blown out. A 
piece of lawn furniture fell out of the sky after the tornado had already moved on. Something fell out of the sky and slammed onto the back of my car and blew off into two pieces as I got bounced off, but uh, managed <laughs> to keep all the glass. It did. Somehow. Super Outback, made for storm <laughs> chasing, man. <laughs> man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yes, people's homes were, were impacted um, were, yeah. and businesses were impacted by uh, these storms. Um, I'm going to throw a plug to my buddy who's a photojournalist, Jordan Vonderhaar. We'll, we'll tag some of his Instagram photos because he has a, a really uh, kind of a incredible set uh, especially people were just cooking dinner at the time you know and didn't mm. didn't know a tornado was coming and he has a photo of a, a cutting board of potatoes that is still just in the kitchen wow s- sitting there um yeah and it just it, it, it goes to show you that right like we felt like you know every all cylinders were firing in terms of like public notification right local mm-hmm. news good footage eyes on that were streaming to the news um you know but but still like we're as a population as a storm chasing community as a meteorological community still um still not there yet in terms of you know being able to warn everyone in a tornado's path um so yeah um pretty sobering I always like to leave that addendum in there that yes people were affected by these storms yeah. and um well and i think this is this is one maybe our first real uh, introduction into knowing that our storm chasing was drastically helping people and and i, I would like to say that that's happened many times before but when you're live streaming I mean, it's real time and people are watching and people are listening. And we, we've had some emails that have just been really encouraging. Uh, just kind of a reminder that, hey, we, we storm chase because we love to document storms and we love storms, but we love people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the three of us, that's one of the things that we, we, we've gravitated toward each other so much is, is we love people. We want people to be safe. We want to help people. And mm-hmm. uh, we've had some emails. We had one email of um, someone who just said, thank you. Because their their elderly parents were having dinner uh, right by their dining room window mm. in Granger and had no idea what was going on and they were watching the live stream and they ended up calling their parents saying you need to get into an interior mm. room right wow. now mm. and the, as soon as that happened um, they got safe and comes to find out that 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 window had been blown in and mm. they would have been severely injured especially wow. in their age and. So there was something super yeah. gratifying about knowing that you're getting to do something of your passion and chase storms, but more importantly, you get to help people. And, and, and that was one of our first introductions to how live stream actually helped us do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first opportunity that we had to utilize that yeah. live stream capability. Like we haven't had the ability to do that on a large scale. We've done mm-hmm. it on YouTube before, but you know, you get it a limited audience and it's not a targeted mm-hmm. audience like with a local news station. And that was really, it was a really cool thing. Like Jeremy, like you were talking about all the different pieces that go into information dissemination and that kind of, and it was just like all guns firing, all the inf- information coming in to be a, a small cog in that wheel of information was um, really, really cool. And I think like Jeff said, pretty humbling for us um, seeing those messages. We actually got a, a couple messages to our uh, tornado trackers email um, thanking us. So yeah, Man, it was, awesome. um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely caused us to think about that a little bit more and to, to dig into that. Um, it was a, a unique situation for us as a team. Yeah. Wow. Agreed. 
I mean, in a long time coming, it's been a dream to be able to, you know, provide images like that to local news in the moment. So yeah. a, a lot of years of Jeff, you especially building relationships there and yeah. um, just awesome, awesome, awesome. And yeah. uh, I hope you guys win some Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That would be really All I know cool. is if that happened... I told I told a friend of mine I would walk around with an Emmy, literally everywhere I went, public restrooms, gas stations, all the time around my neck. Heck yeah, dude! That embarrassing person. Oh my god, that's awesome. Are these your kids? Yeah, but this is my Emmy. But here's my Emmy. Here's my fourth kid. You have a separate stroller for your Emmy. <laughs> oh gosh. That is not why we chase. No, no. not disclaimer. At all. <laughs> no, disclaimer for sure. Uh, for sure. We don't chase Gosh. for stroller Emmys. Yeah. Um, now we get to talk about why I won't get an Emmy for the next storm chase. Oh my gosh. All right, moving on to the next early spring Central Texas tornado chase. Uh, fellas, number two, this is pretty pretty epic that there's been two. We've had a lot of seasons where we've gone out at this time of year, you know, really hoping and praying. It's like so freezing out and, mm-hmm. you know, just like, oh, we want to see anything, anything. But y'all have seen um, two really amazing storms. Uh, and we're not even in the, the heart of storm chasing season yet uh, at the time of this. Uh, record, which is uh, April 21st. So tell me and the listeners about the April 12th, Gerald Florence, uh, Salado, Texas tornado. Yeah, this one was, um, this one was an evolving forecast. It was not one that was screaming tornado outbreak like the, the previous one. Uh, where we t- caught the Granger tornado. This one was uh, a little more sneaky, um, which I think is, what caught a lot of people off guard the the other the previous storm system was well advertised um people were you know after school activities had been canceled people got out of work early but that wasn't the case for this one and it was really not until the day of that i think jeff and i realized that something potentially significant could happen and i think i was doubting my my own forecasting ability that day. Like maybe I'm seeing something that's not really there, but it seemed like the tornado parameters throughout the day were only getting progressively better, uh, maybe a little stronger than previously, uh, than we had previously thought. Um, I won't speak for other forecasters for us. It, it seemed like it was growing throughout the day that that potential was growing throughout the day. And sure enough, by the afternoon, there were storms that were starting. They were looking pretty messy coming into the the hill country of central Texas. Um, But I thought, you know, you know, maybe they'll organize a little bit more as they get closer to 35. And so I drove out to Gerald, Texas, not a very long drive for me. That's maybe 15 minutes up the highway for me Um, and just parked there. And I I could see the anvils off in the distance. But yeah, I I had very low expectations and actually wasn't until I was sitting there that... um, We got word from, again, from KXAN, from uh, meteorologist David Yeomans, sent us a text and said, hey, they're about to issue a tornado watch, Uh, which surprised me. I I, I wasn't expecting it. Even though I was watching these tornado parameters ramp up, I, again, thought I was reading into it too much. Um, But sure enough, a tornado watch was issued not long after. And basically, as soon as a tornado watch was issued, those storms that were really struggling really kicked into high gear. Um, and so, uh, this was a situation where Jeff and I were not together. Jeff, you had some work 
obligations that you were tending to and you couldn't get out until a little bit later. So I went ahead and, and just went out um, to catch anything that was early on. And I think you had just gotten on the road when I saw a storm further north near Colleen, Texas, north of Colleen, Texas, uh, start to show signs that it was organizing really well, well enough that I thought, you know, it's a 35, 45 minute drive. By the time I get there, it could potentially do something. And if not, if anything develops to the south, I'll have time to drop south and catch whatever comes. So I took off um, and that took me outside of the the viewing area for KXAN. Um, So I wasn't very helpful for them in that moment, but I honestly didn't see anything coming into the KXAN viewing area at that time. And there wasn't anything, Um, but I took off and chased that storm, ended up getting to that one just after a tornado had lifted. So uh, on the, on my route, on my way there, tornado dropped. I don't know how long it was on the ground for, I don't even know if they did a damage survey for it. Um, it's very brief and in a very rural area. Um, I've only seen one picture of it really, but by the time I got there, I died. But by the time I got there, I also realized a really incredible looking storm had blown up out of nowhere to the South. And it was near Gerald where I had started. And I had just gotten a text from Jeff saying, Hey, this is looking pretty robust. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. And, and one of the things we've talked about in previous podcasts and like the earlier season is one of, one of the methods we'll use, not always, not always, but one of the methods we'll use in storm chasing is we'll try to get into the center to the, to the East as much as possible and see which storms look spiciest, you know, Northern ones, Southern ones. And I had gotten off work uh, a little late, so I didn't have a choice. Like I couldn't go North uh, with, with Gabe and, so I had to kind of uh, put that mindset into my action and go, well, I'm going to go a little bit east, honestly, pretty close to Granger, not not too far, probably 10 miles, 15 miles south of uh, where we were on the previous chase. And I was just waiting because these storms a little bit to the north were firing off. I'm thinking, well, maybe they're going to keep firing off on the dry line and come straight into the town and th- through the city again. But nothing did. And I remember far Southwest, and we're talking, you know, 70 miles away, there were a couple pop-up storms that kept dying out. And I think it finally, I finally clued in, nothing is coming this way. I need to probably look on radar at, at the, the southernmost Northern, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. but the Northern storms, but the southernmost one of that, which was just South of Gabe. I need to see how that looks. And, um, I was on a toll road and you can drive real fast on that legally, legally. Just yeah, so what's clear. the speed limit? 85? 85. Man, so yeah. so I, I felt like I was in good shape to catch up if something was happening. Um, my brother calls me and he lives not too far from there. He goes, man, he sent me a picture. He goes, I don't know what this is, but is it a funnel? And it was for sure a wall cloud. Hmm. And and I'd already started my journey up on that toll road and he sends that to me. I'm like, okay, something might happen. Um, and, and just for context for, for our listeners, I'm driving up toward Gerald. We have a whole episode about Gerald. Gerald has one of the most infamous, yeah. if not the most infamous tornado yeah. in tornado history. The F5 that took place on May 27th, 1997. Um, uh, sadly, um, 
did not only horrible damage, but so many fatalities, 27 fatalities in that small town. So anytime that the news or anyone mentions tornado warning in Gerald, mm-hmm. you have to understand that the, the anxiety is extremely mm-hmm. high. In fact, I, I know that uh, KXAN and other, other affiliates, they, uh, they hesitate to even say Gerald hmm. with tornado warning unless it's necessary, right? Or yeah. tornado watch. So um, I'm driving up towards Gerald, and I notice in the distance um, there is this really like like Gabe said robust wall cloud that from my vantage point about six or seven miles away is just rotating, and you can just see the change of the features of it so so drastically, and I I end up on I-35 the the <laughs> beloved I-35 during rush hour. So there we are again, and I pull up and I look over to my left. And I see this tornado on the ground and boy, uh, did that surprise me? So I, I made a, a, a text, a text to, um, our, our buddies at, at the news station and said, Hey, y'all need to get me on live right now. Uh, we have our storm chaser, Jeff Mangum on the phone with us. Uh, Jeff, there's a tornado on the ground, David, Jeff, where are you? Are you looking westward? I, I'm on I-35 right at the exit 275 looking at Florence. And it is on the ground. Can you see it? Sean, deja vu. Can you please open uh, NWS chat and give them confirmation from our chaser? Okay. Jeff? I'll get a better view here in a second, but... um, Man, you are always in the right spot. Please be careful as you're driving. Absolutely. I'm just pulling over here. But it it has been on the ground, I would say, for about three or four minutes. It's actually becoming quite big. And uh, sure enough, I had that live stream going. And this was... So we have two live streams within... Two or three weeks. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, in in the Austin area, which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, we just don't get that. We're not in Dallas. We're not in Kansas. Mm-hmm. We're not in Oklahoma. Yeah, Austin has a way of killing off tornadic storms, and mm. uh, for this to be happening is really rare. And so they get me live immediately, and it was so surreal because I pulled over uh, to the side of the road on the access road, and there's a shot that I have. I remember intentionally trying to get where the water tower for Gerald is there. Mm-hmm. And those who remember the tornado from 97 know that water tower is very infamous just from shots of, of that previous tornado. And I'm watching this tornado grow in size and it becomes really, really strong and thicker. And I will say what was interesting, um, and I have to work through the meteorology of this a little bit because it was all one big wall cloud, but at one point it looked like there were two separate wall clouds Hmm. and there was a tornado in that left wall cloud and there's a funnel coming down the right wall cloud. And we got that on live TV. So I, and it was good for me for that was it didn't make me feel like I was going crazy because part of me, if I wanted to tell, tell you guys, Hey, I think there was a funnel with a tornado. At least I had some proof that 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 happened. (laughs) And so, so um, man, I'll tell you, uh, I-35 became, kind of a kind of a bit of a circus um the police did a great job um one of the things i remember about 1997 in gerald and just to be clear this did not hit gerald this tornado did not hit gerald it was close three or four miles away hit florence went up to salado uh became a high-end ef3 did some horrible damage lots of injuries but one of the things i remember about 1997 is they shut off i-35 for about 10 miles and there was a lot of controversy about that, about, you know, should should state troopers be doing that? They're trying to protect people, that tornado coming across the, uh, the highway. 
but this happened again. And so it just, everything about that day brought back a lot of memories from, from 1997. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that roadblock. So as, as I'm navigating back South, cause I see this storm, you know, now I'm seeing this incredible hook echo on radar. Um, this big ball where the tornado was probably on the ground. Um, and I can see just this really incredible radar image. Um, one of the best looking yeah. supercell radar images I've ever seen anywhere. Uh, but especially in central Texas and also coupled with, uh, Jeff's silence on the text thread. I knew <laughs> without a doubt there was a tornado on the ground and Jeff is focused on filming it. Either I have COVID or there's a tornado on the ground. That's the only time I'm super silent. <laughs> uh, and so with, with 35 closed, everyone was trying to get off of different roads and my access south to the storm, um, what should have been uh, a 30 minute drive ended up being way longer. There was no way I was getting to that storm. All my routes were blocked. Um, I ended up going a really, um, kind of circuitous way going way East and dropping down on this country road way to the East. I lost visual on the storm going that far East, but it was the only way I could get down South and then try to cut back West to it. At long story short, I missed the entire thing. Um, but Jeff did an amazing job mm. documenting it. And again, it was another situation where, uh, we had the opportunity as a team to provide imagery to the local news and to show people like, Hey, this is a legitimate concern. Like this isn't a false alarm. Your phone isn't just going off for no reason. There's a real tornado, a big tornado. Yeah. Now, Jeff, is that, can you tell you got a lot of experience chasing these things in Texas and in the plains? Is that sort of a rain wrapped base that we're looking at? So it's, it's actually really hard to tell. It's, it's dropped down two tornadoes since I've been watching. Uh, here's another one coming down now. You see it? Wow. Wow. So it's definitely on the ground uh, causing some, some damage somewhere. I don't know if that's just farmland. Uh, there's, a, there's a heavy police presence around here, so that's really good. Okay. The, now the entire wall cloud is spinning so rapidly. You can see it from here. Can we double box this real quick with the radar? Uh, it looks like this is crossing now from Williamson into Bell there's County. Second funnel on the right, there's two wall clouds. There's a tornado on the ground on the left, and there's a small funnel trying to come down on the right side. I don't wow. know if you can see it. It was really cool. It was, it was a tough loss. I was a sad Gabe that <laughs> afternoon and the following week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, we can, hey, we love team, but individually, we love seeing tornadoes. Yeah. But I, I found, like, genuinely found so much excitement knowing that Jeff mm -hmm. documented it, documented it well, got the warning out. He was in the right place at the right time. And it was broadcast on live TV yep. and got the warning out. Like, that was, that's a win for our team. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it was a win for me, too. Yeah. Um, and I ended up getting to meet uh, a, a senior in high school, um, after I had dropped South and got back ahead of the storm, the tornado had lifted, but the storm was coming towards me. So I just hung with it. Um, and while I'm sitting there on the side of the road, this senior from high school got out of his car and introduced himself to me. His name was, uh, Tim, uh, Tim got out, out of his car and introduced himself to me and he was so excited and, um, came up to me. He's like, did you see that tornado? I was like, nah, I missed it, man. Um, I really didn't want now. to talk about it <laughs> in the moment. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Get back in your car, Tim. No, no, no. 
<laughs> it was great. And he, uh, he was like, oh, well, I got some pictures on my phone. I was like, oh, cool. Can I see? And he showed me and he was all excited. And he said, I'm actually enrolled in the meteorology, in the meteorology program at uh, A&M for next year. Oh, like, oh, no way. That's so cool. I was like, was this your first tornado? And he said, yes. Nice. And oh, that wow. immediately, I mean, it made up uh, for some of the loss of missing it, but <laughs> It was a really cool moment to be able to celebrate with this high schooler who, you know, this is his future career. And to see something like this in person, mm-hmm. I mean, I I will always remember my first tornado. We have a, an episode where I talk about it. Um, it's just an incredible moment to dream about something mm-hmm. for so long and then to see it in person. Yeah. Um, but also to know that this kid, he's already set his path um, forward in meteorology. Like that was really cool to be able to share that with him. And then in that moment, I was like, Oh man, well, you know, here's what's going on right in front of us and got to kind of show him some of the anatomy of the supercell that was coming towards us. And he was just like, why would I taken it all in? Mm. Um, it was a really cool moment and it felt, it felt like, yeah, I was supposed to be there at that time. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was, it was really cool. So Tim, if you're listening, I don't know if you found our podcast yet. Um, <laughs> it was really great meeting you, man. And we wish you the best of luck. So excited. You got to see that tornado and yeah, hope, bravo. Hope, hope you get to see many more in, in yeah. your career. Heck yeah. That's Heck right. Yeah. That's just really, I mean, y'all just painted this picture, you know, of both storms, but this storm in particular, right? That it, it's this beautiful, beautiful spectacle. Yes. Damage and injuries did occur yes it did occur in a place with a a dark past but then there's you know hope and then there's the future of you know the science and yeah and and that's just what the 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 mixture you know the milieu if you want to use a fancy word that we live in as storm chasers and weather enjoyers and enthusiasts um it's it's all that combined it's not just one thing it's it's everything and if you're listening to this you probably understand that as well so just yeah, really well told, fellas, and um, yeah, great job, Jeff, and great job, Gabe, too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> work. great conversation. Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean that. that. Was that was a little mean? I didn't. I'm not. No, that guy. no, I'm it's for real, guy. dude. Jeff, yeah, amazing work. Well, no, I will say. Last thing I will say about all that is, it's really amazing if you look over our last seven eight years how many tornadoes we've come across that are due to the fact that our life circumstances Hmm. held us back. Mm -hmm. So does that make sense? Like there's times where um, work, we've had work, we've had responsibilities with family. We get in the car, we go as the best we can. And then we get somewhere just in the nick of time. Like that just shows like, man, it's at one point we're doing the best we can to forecast. And sometimes you're just kind of dealt with the cards that, life yeah. deals with and and you just do the best you can and it, and it works and so and when uh, jeff says we he means him <laughs> <laughs> seriously dude because that is jeff that is jeff's like a, default it's like a weird <laughs> default just roll it up on the, the the event as it happens yeah, well, yeah when people say how do you how do you go i'm like well it's not my meteorology skills it's not my science <laughs> it's my work kept me <laughs> an hour late <laughs> seriously <laughs> Oh, I love it. You're some like <laughs> environmental activator. Just your, you have a, <laughs> your presence, your aura. Yeah, truly. Awesome. Uh, I do want to, just a quick insert for Granger. Uh, the crazy thing about the round rock to Granger tornado, long track tornado on the ground for over 35 miles through highly populated areas, 
zero fatalities. Wow. Zero. Wow. That's incredible. Like that's yeah. mind blowing that that happened. Mm. Several injuries. Yeah. Um, most were minor though, uh, which is also crazy. I mean, going, I, I, I saw people posting on Instagram that they were in the shopping plaza in Round Rock where the tornado went through and they got dragged across the parking lot, mm. like out of their car. Yep. Um, and only minor injuries, scratches and bruises. Like, mm. that's insane. And that I think happen, it's a success man. story to everyone involved in the warning process. Yeah. And that one um, just, it, it took a, a team, um, everyone from government agencies, the National Weather Service to local news stations, not just KXAN, everybody that day um, mm. and all the chasers and spotters. Um, really, really crazy success story. It's so true. <sighs> man. So happy about that. Crazy. Crazy. A really great episode, fellas. Just, we had a lot to talk about. It was a very beefy episode for our grand return back. Uh, it feels very good to be behind these microphones again with you guys. And um, we're about to enter into peak storm chasing season. And so uh, be patient with us. Uh, we, we're, we're trying, we'll try our best to get episodes out, but this is, this is our busy season. Um, so and yeah, we'll, if if we have a long pause in the future, uh, again we'll we'll maybe uh, put out like a little uh, message out on the the, the feed to, to let you know because life happens, you know. So this has been a great episode, and if you don't hear from us on the your podcast feed, you know check us out on Twitter twittercom trackers youtubecom trackers uh, We're on Instagram. Our website is tornadotrackers.org. O-R-G, that's right. Um, You can find uh, info about us on all of those platforms. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Tell somebody uh, that you know about this podcast. It's a really fun community that we're building out here of of, of, uh, weather enthusiasts, and we're just excited to be a part of it. Uh, So we will catch you when we catch you. Uh, See ya. See ya.